Hello and welcome to episode 17, part 2 of the Sweet Spot on a Farm podcast. This is the second part of my interview with a bunker-based nutritionist, April. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I think you should tune in. We talked about stress, balanced gut, what led April to focus on gut health in particular, and we also talked a bit about FODMAPs and personalized diet, or how we should eat to keep our gut healthy and happy. And this is the rest of this interview. Before I let you enjoy it, I have a favor to ask. If you listened to any other episodes of this podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, or simply do an Instagram post. Reviews are often dismissed by listeners, but for us content makers, a simple sentence or two in which you voice your opinion can make a huge difference in terms of attracting more listeners and getting the content out. The content of this podcast can be beneficial to someone out there who doesn't even know this podcast even exists or would simply just scroll by because of lack of stars or written reviews. So, by putting your opinion out there and giving this podcast some stars and thumbs up, you can help me as well as someone else. As a still relatively new podcast, with only 17 episodes under my belt, a few reviews can make a huge difference. Thank you! Now, back to April, and I hope you enjoy it. I um, I do really like your approach, because what you're doing is that what's becoming finally more popular and that's essentially personalized nutrition, personalized medicine, yeah. personalized approach because we are all different and as you said you know the likes of FODMAP diet in particular it's gonna suit some but mm-hmm. it's not gonna work for others and that's very much what, what I kind of found that I when I knew and decided that I FODMAP is probably what is going to work for mm-hmm. me based on what I had been eating for a few yeah. years prior to that I had to really it's like trial and error yeah you know so and and essentially i started on leaving everything like mm-hmm. avoiding everything that was on the list that yeah, I yeah like right i'm not gonna eat any of this and then recently i started reintroducing and and i okay so this is fine this is fine i actually had a bit of raw red onion there at the weekend and that was fine too mm-hmm. if i ate the whole raw red onion it probably wouldn't be fine but you know i'll build it i'll build it up and i'll yeah. try and see but it, yeah it is it is really interesting but the individual approach is something that's definitely needed and i think that's what's broken with 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 the western medicine don't get me wrong we need doctors and we need surgeons and Absolutely. they're all doing a fantastic job Amazing, and yeah. they're all keeping up keeping us healthy and alive but what's broken is that they all kind of have one size fits all so you have acne there you go you get antibiotic cream but a lot of the time all these things go way way deeper and there's no one size fits all there is no one not not everybody's acne is a topical problem listen it's just you know they look at you they diagnose you and they give you what they would give 100 other patients with the same kind of issue yeah i just think that's fundamentally wrong that's that's just not the way to to heal people that's just way to keep the symptoms at bay really yeah, and I think it's really important to, um, like, I, I fully appreciate the NHS and have a lot of friends, as I said, who are, are medical doctors, and the work they do is, like, I couldn't do it. It's absolutely amazing. But I suppose when it comes to nutrition, and, and then there's obviously dietitians as well who, who are amazing at what they do, 
Um, but you know, when it comes to nutrition, it's it needs to be a bit more personal. Um, and like you said, when there's stuff going on in the body, like sometimes it can, I don't want to go too deep, but it can go back to a lot of emotional stuff, you know, from people's past, um, from their past, from childhood, and that can all be locked away for a long time and not fully dealt with. So again, people can use things like food and alcohol and drugs and whatever else, exercise as a, you know, as a way to kind of deal with those things. So I guess when I'm with clients, it gives me a bit more time. Time's a big thing as well. So when you go to the GP or whatever, you know, you don't have as much time in there. And that, that's because the NHS has so much pressure on them and I fully respect them for everything they can do in that time period. But because of the work I do, I, I obviously, when my clients come, I say to them, it's not going to be like 15 minutes, you know, you need to set aside an, an hour and a half. And if you're you, you need to set aside like three hours. <laughs> hey, hey, don't blame this on me, right? No, not you, because we get talking and going off on one, never oh. mind. <laughs> See, the mic fell over. <laughs> we get onto another subject, every subject. So yeah, you know, I say to my clients, leave time aside, because I'm going to ask them stuff, not just about their food I'm going to ask them about symptoms related to all different body parts um, organ systems and also I'm going to ask them about lifestyle and some people don't really give you much information on it that's fine but when people can open up about that then I can start to see more I think what's going on there um, and a lot of people are carrying a lot of weight from from the past that maybe they just need to let go of and I'm not saying that I can sort that out for them, but just by talking about that um, and realising that that can be impacting them and maybe then letting me recommend some people they can chat to about that, you know? Um, I think that is really big as well. But that's the service I provide because I have more time and I've chosen that, you know? I could make my appointments 30 minutes, but I won't get the information I need to do the best job. Yeah, it it is an issue. I, I, I don't understand how the NHS can can provide um, a good service if they give a GP 10, 15 minutes. Not even 15 minutes, it's usually about 10 minutes to to figure out what is wrong with their patient. I mean, that's... It's a lot of pressure on the, on the doctors. Really. It's a lot of pressure. But that's that's a bit depressing topic. Let's let's get away from that. <laughs> let's talk about something more positive. I don't know if you can talk about it, but there's something really positive that I want to talk about. Okay. You're thinking about putting a book out, aren't you? Well, <laughs> let's talk about that. Thinking about it until I looked at your beautiful book this morning and thought, that looks like so much work. Oh, no, come on. You know, that's what I thought when I started to think about it. But, you know, I know, it's, you it's just, kind of fun. You get you get. It's really, step by step, right? Exactly. <laughs> it is step by step. But the fun bit is developing the recipes. And that's what you're doing at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, totally. And I obviously have a pretty good database of recipes um, myself. But I'm in the middle. I guess the book will maybe be something for down the line because I'm in the middle of still um, finishing off my website. So within the website there will be a section for um, recipes and um, a blog section as well, which will hopefully be helpful for some people. Um, there's also a section on the website that will be client password protected then for all my clients to go in and access all their recipes and whatnot. So that's all taking a bit of time, as you know yourself. Those things, they're kind of I don't like to say this, but they're kind of the annoying things that I don't like. Like, I I like running the workshops. I like 
having my one-to-ones with my clients, but all the like fiddly stuff in the background, I'm like, oh, I'm not so good at that. I'm okay admitting it. I'm yeah. not so good. And I will always try and like scoot around it for a while. And then it just comes to a point where like the website's not going to be finished until you sit down and do it. You know, people are saying, when's the website? When's the website? I'm like, it's, it's down to me now. Like, it's, <laughs> it's down to me. Like all the graphics are there. It looks amazing. But it's you know, when content. you do get it done, it's going to be I such know. a relief and you're going to be so proud of it. Yeah, I but, know. But um, when did you get the idea that you should you should get the book out? And, and what is it going to be? Is it going to be just recipe book? Or are you going to... I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I don't think it would just be recipes because I feel like I have more I want to talk about and I guess some people come to me and they're like oh my goodness I didn't know that you kind of did you know you talk about all this other stuff it's not just food and for some people that can be a bit alarming or scary others are like oh this is amazing you know so I guess I kind of want to get my message out there a little bit more of just about what we've been saying you know that everything needs to be personalized um Again, I'm no expert on any field like of lifestyle, but maybe just be able to talk a bit about what works for me, what could work for other people, uh, recommend um, other people within the area we live in um, that they could they could you know check out and go and make use of the services. So, so yeah, I think recipes definitely would be really beneficial in there and breaking down kind of what certain foods are good for within the body, but also. I don't think I could just, like I said, I couldn't just leave it at that because that's, to me, that's not enough for me because there's more. There's more that's really important. So talking about the likes of your sleep and your stress management and movement, things like that. So maybe not a whole bunch on that because, like I said, I'm no expert, but just chatting about what's worked for me and hopefully inspiring some people to either get in touch or reach out and just try stuff, you know, and I think that's one of the main things people kind of need inspiration, um, like we all do. And inspiration sometimes turns into motivation. Totally. The other way around. And, and, I, and I find it, when I was writing my book, that was essentially kind of the driving force because I wrote it and put it out there for the 23-year-old me, which yeah. was a long time ago. <laughs> but when I was that age and I was really ill, I needed that and I didn't have that because it wasn't out there. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of... I was kind of writing it for myself, really. But yeah. that's it's in hope that somebody gets inspired and, and will start making nutritious food that will help them turn around their health. And also, I find that... And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about how it's really difficult for people to change their diet even though it's going to be beneficial for them because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you still want to enjoy your food and if you're going to be eating all this good food and you can't cook how are you going to get it to taste nice and still enjoy it if you don't know how so that's kind of the thing behind all these recipes that you can find online but i still like to have a book that i can open then so that's why people like you should be getting books out there and inspire people to cook and show people that you know it's healthy but it's gonna taste delicious you can make good food with ingredients that are going to help you get better yeah and also the the further um, my clients go the, the more their taste buds change as well so it was interesting I had a client here the other day and she was chatting about um, she was admittedly a chocoholic like dairy chocolate she couldn't go a day without it and now she struggles she she 
moved on to darker chocolate. So we were kind of taking, like I said, step by step. But so she went to seventy percent, she went to eighty percent, she went to ninety percent, then she went to ninety nine percent. Um, and now she's like, if someone give me a piece of dairy chocolate, like I can't even eat the square. She's like, it is way too much, and I can just taste so much more in there than you know cacao. It's all the sugar and everything. People's taste buds change, so. The likes of a recipe book or following these recipes that are healthier you know at first people might look and think oh my goodness that doesn't sound great but just I'm like just trust trust in the process follow the few steps that are going to be there because I try to make recipes pretty simple for people yeah. so that everyone can because everyone then feels they can at least give it a go and then I always feel if people give it a go they always achieve it but they probably achieve more than what they thought possible and then they actually feel inspired by themselves that they've cooked this recipe and that can just be the turning point for yeah. people and like we sort of touched on earlier it's that relationship with food and preparing your own food is really important because it's like anything else I said that in a blog post this week it's like an energy exchange you know it's really important that you're actually connecting with the food and also everybody tastes because everybody tastes are different yeah I mean you can once you get into the mode of preparing your own food it's really easy to substitute you can pick mm -hmm. up any recipe and if there's the one ingredient yep. that you either don't have or you're not really that keen on you can find something else that will work texture wise or mm -hmm taste-wise for you and that's kind of my thing that I try to encourage people okay I have these recipes but they work for me I offer you alternatives yeah. go and put your own ingredients in customize it make it your own because your taste buds are different from mine yeah, yeah absolutely and I think that can be really overwhelming when people first start to cook or they start to have a look at recipes online or whether it's the recipe pack I send clients they may come back and say oh but I don't eat such and such and I'll say yeah I understand but this recipe pack is created for all of you all my clients to use anything at all that doesn't work in it for you switch it up with something else don't be scared to do that and also once people start to experiment with that they're like oh, okay yeah actually then that works equally it might be a food that you think you don't like or you haven't tried before and you might try it and think gosh that's actually really good when it's in a recipe you know so everything's adaptable but it can be overwhelming when you see something in a recipe book and you think oh my goodness oh I don't like that I don't like that if it's a protein you don't like change the protein source if it's a spice you don't think you can tolerate or you don't like change it up to something else or leave it out you know so there's always options but I think that's important with cooking and food freedom you know people people don't really there's a, there's a big fear around cooking. I can't cook. I hear that a lot. I can't yeah. cook. But everybody can cook. It's a, it's a, Really, it's just another process in life. You know, you're following steps. And if you've got the guidelines there, like we're spoilt for guidelines now. Yeah. There's so much out there. So I just love working with people. Anyone who has that fear when they come as a client, I just recommend we do like a one-to-one a -one and I go over and we go to their head kitchen and just do a, a cooking session. We can create three or four batch you know batch portions of something and once people get their head around that and they just they've done that four dishes and they've gone from not cooking to creating four delicious dishes that's going to nourish their body and you did post about that a few days ago on instagram and i yeah. did say to you you know you're so right and i'm a living proof of that because yeah i yeah. went from years ago thinking that buying a ready-made sauce and a pack of pasta 
and thinking that was cooking to someone who makes everything from scratch and we're talking like raw sugar-free desserts and curry sauce is completely from mm -hmm. scratch i don't buy very occasionally i would buy ready-made curry sauce and it's only no. because i'm feeling lazy or i really don't have time yeah, yeah. during a busy week but 99% of the time it's all made from scratch it is easy and it it's obviously seems difficult at the time but the more you do it it becomes like a second nature and, and it becomes really really easy and then you go like what the hell was I so afraid of like yeah. years ago this is like nothing I know and you know what it's really important as well to uh, appreciate that you might have a few disasters along the way too that oh, you, yeah <laughs> yeah and you go okay um but thankfully um my mother is she's an amazing cook and I remember she used to always say to me oh you know when I was this is like this is another example. You're saying you didn't used to cook, neither did I. So when I was in my late teens and things, I had no interest in cooking. I was just interested in having fun, running about, you know. And I guess that's normal. Mum always said to me, "I really hope you you get that, you know, like switch one day." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Oh well, who knows? I've always got you to do my cooking, joking, you know." <laughs> no, the switch has well and truly been flicked. Um, but she, my mother was the same. She said, you know, she, her grandmother, my grandmother, her mother always said to her, um, you know, I don't know how you're going to manage if you have children. You know, you don't cook. She used to just be interested in, I hope she's not going to listen to this, but she used to just be interested in going out dancing and having fun. And I was kind of like that when I was 18, 19 as well. So, and now my mom is like, I can really say, and anyone who's listening to this who knows my mother will be able to say she's an amazing cook. She's brilliant. And we've always had that inspiration. Whether, you know, we, we took that inspiration for a long time is another thing. You know, obviously I just didn't cook for years and I was away at university when I was younger. And like you said, it was like pasta and sauce. But it I guess really everyone... It's easy, like at yeah. that sort of age. And that's kind of probably everybody. But sadly, so. with a lot of people, that kind of goes on and on until they're, you know... Yeah that's you know we've we've all been there and we've all you know hopefully now I got other people in our lives that can inspire us and my mom was a massive inspiration and um and still is and does she cooks everything pretty much from scratch so I guess it's starting for me now to try and as well inspire not not only adults but children as well you know like from a young age I think that makes a big difference um, and I really, really love, I've said this as well, I really, really love to get into schools to do some workshops. I do some community-based work at schools that come to, uh, I work up in an allotment and school groups will come there and we will teach them about sugar, fibre, fats, whatever it may be and, you know, work on alternative snacks for them. And it's amazing seeing kids, a group of 25 kids come in who definitely will not be trying 99% dark chocolate and will not be trying hummus and have never seen an avocado an hour and a half later they're all queuing up to try it and coming back for more so you know I do the work with my one-to-one -one clients um, but something like that that seems like a little small thing you do can really change a child's view on food and what they're going to try. I think this is really needed in Northern Ireland. It's and and I, was, I, I was, I think, I don't know if it was you, maybe it was somebody else I was talking to the other day thinking, you know, I don't have kids, but if I had kids or if I ever have kids, yeah. my massive fear would be when they get to the age when you have to send them to school, 
like school dinners that would be my massive fear what the heck are they gonna be fed in school or you let them go to somebody's birthday party yeah i would live in fear <laughs> what they're going to be fed and so i think this kind of god you're gonna be like the northern irish version and female version of jamie oliver <laughs> that would be awesome but i think that's something that i hope you continue do this work and expand on it because i think that's something if this podcast survives its first year i think that's something i would like to get you back on and talk about this because this is something i feel is really really important yeah and if there is anyone listening um to this that does work in a school or of any sort of influence in the school I would love to go in and offer you know this year try and go in and offer even like one um, free workshop a month to any schools that get in touch so whether that's for parents whether that's for the kids on anything at all I would love to just get out there and start getting the message out um, and that's a great way to start you know I can I can give some time to that um, it's just something I feel really really passionate about and I have nieces and nephews um, of my own who literally they mean the world to me and and you know just what you're saying now about being worried about them making poor choices or being somewhere where the choice isn't as good I think we have to appreciate that that's always going to happen but if the 70 to 80 percent of their diet is really good and you've created um a good example example so important and you inspire them with that every day they're always going to come back to that but yeah they're going to go and they're going to get sugar and but we all are you know it's less life but if, if the foundations are firm that is really really important like I was saying about my family like our foundations were always firm yeah I veered off when I was at university or whatever if I'd still been living at home I would have been eating really good because my mom would have still been cooking but I had to go on that journey and also then when I came out of that journey and like I said then I had um, gut issues and the skin came off the back of that that was all because I wasn't looking after my body properly for years. So my body taught me the lesson. It shouted out for help. And that's essentially when I kicked it up a gear. And here we are now. So so if anybody's listening and would like to, whether um, to do with school workshops or uh, personal mm-hmm. needs, how can they contact you? How can they book a session with you? Yeah, I'm on social media platforms, so you can find me um, on Instagram and Facebook, April Alexandra Nutrition. You can email me. Um, my email address is hello at aprilalexandranutrition.com. Pretty simple. Um, so yeah, get in touch that way. You will be able to get on my website soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> I'm not putting... Not saying when, but soon. <laughs> soon. Um, but yeah, you know, get in touch if, if you want. Um, I, I love connecting with people. Follow the social media platforms if you wish for inspiration, guidance. Um, and yeah, if you think that someone you know um, could benefit from anything I'm doing or any help at all, just get in touch and an initial chat does no one any harm anyway if you wanted to kind of just find out what I do what I'm about I always think it's better for people to kind of firstly discover what a business is about and if it's the right fit for them as well so when my clients inquire I'll always send them a welcome pack which basically outlines everything I do um, and my ethos as well because maybe my ethos isn't exactly what everybody wants and that's fine but um, yeah, I send that out and then if they want to give me a call and just chat a few things over, that's absolutely fine as well. Just to work out if it's going to work for them. 
I do highly recommend, based on my own experience, I can highly recommend April because oh, she's absolutely you. amazing. Bless but you. then her and I, we were, I think we're a really good fit in the yeah. way we're thinking about all this. Yeah, yeah. And it's... But, um, you know, do follow, if you're on Instagram, do follow April because I really like your posts and they really give people a good idea of what you're all about and I really like the pictures of all these. You recently, you've been posting, um, what would you call it, your experiments with, with your recipes for your future yeah, yeah. book and it looks really great. Yeah, there's lots of... It looks a bit of... messy, but that's what happens when you're Absolutely. trying to find the right recipe. So, um, and yeah, I really like your posts. So. Yeah. I guess the posts as well, I always just try to keep as real as possible. Yeah. I could, you know, spend hours taking photos and creating posts, but everything I do is authentic. Yeah. It's done on the, this is right now. You know, and I just like to be honest with people. I did that at, at the beginning, so I still have a collection of pictures that I took of my recipes, like arranged and and, okay. and lit. Well, by natural light because I don't have I don't have professional um, lights and with my watermark on it. But I stopped doing that because I was like, especially when I got on Instagram, it's just like you know what, screw this. Because <laughs> yeah. my pictures are never gonna look at all these professionally photographed pictures that everybody else is posting. I don't know where they get the money and time to do all this. I mean, bloody hell, I don't have the time to do that. I have a full-time job. <laughs> but um, Well, this is my full-time job, but I, I like to be transparent with people um, as well. So, yeah, the posts aren't always about food, you know, but that's yeah. important because I've talked a bit about today about lifestyle as well. So I feel like the more we talk about it, the more people are like, oh, you know what, that's okay. Other yeah. people are doing that. Everybody should be doing that. <laughs> Talking is a massive thing. Communication, yeah. connection, really, really important. Yeah. Um, that's another, you know, kind of part in the whole pillar process, like connecting with other people, like-minded yeah. people. I, I put a post about that this morning, a very short post, but, you know, surround yourself by people who inspire you and... Yeah, talking of which, I really need to get back onto the dash and splash thing because I haven't been <laughs> in over a month and I, I really miss it, yeah. actually. The, the diving into the sea, that's brilliant and that's obviously the whole point of it. Yeah. But connecting and being there with like-minded people, that's what really draws me. Yeah, it's the community, <laughs> isn't yeah, it? It's the community, community of great. people are amazing. And I know it's coming up. I did see Scott had put something up. That's going to be reaching its one-year anniversary, I think, in October. So there's going to yeah. be some sort of celebration about that. Oh, so yeah, anyone that's listening, probably for them, <laughs> but I miss it. I'm gonna cry. Well, anyone that's listening, that's a really if you, if you kind of want to experiment with the cold or a new challenge, which is always good, or just meet inspirational, like-minded other people. Yeah. I think dash and splash is a really. If you're in Northern Ireland and if you're anywhere near Bangor, do find dash and splash on facebook yeah. Yeah, and come along and bunker sunday morning it's really good way to meet great people and and start your week like definitely it's a great way to start the whole week but here's the last question the most important one and uh -oh. since you're developing recipes for your book i hope this is going to be a good one i'd like to ask everybody what is your favorite vegetable and would you share a recipe with me okay my favorite vegetable Oh my god, that's really hard. That's really unfair. <laughs> How, you can't really have a favourite vegetable. I mean, Come on, I'm not asking you about a favourite member of your family. I could, I know, I have to say, um, that would probably be easier to answer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I um, hope none of you are going to be listening to this. Probably not. Uh, no, no. Um, oh gosh, yeah, I, I love so many vegetables. What I could do is, 
Like, I really adore, like, vegetarian... I'm not a vegetarian, but I love vegetarian curries and big one-pot dishes. So if there's, like, a way that I can share, like, my favourite recipe for that with you, maybe you can share... Are you going to share this on yes. with people? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I have um, a kind of what I call, like, my signature one. And it's nothing majorly special, but it's made with my, like, coconut milk, my tomatoes, and I make it with turmeric, cumin, garam masala... Um, and then I use chickpeas and butter beans in there, but again, that's optional. Vegetable-wise, I'm throwing in like courgettes, peppers. Um, uh, this week I had broccoli. It, I'm a bit of a, like, I have a recipe, but whatever's in the fridge at the time can also go in the recipe. Oh, you are my kind of cook. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that, that needs used in, yeah. you know? And then you're like, oh goodness, that's a totally new flavor in yeah. there. So, um, yeah, so what else? I'm trying to think what else goes in there. So cook that with a bit of um, a bit of apple cider vinegar in there as well. Uh, tomato paste. Um, I'll give you all the measurements. Uh, at the end, I put in spinach as well. Um, also fresh coriander, fresh basil as well for after. So on oh, top. that's an interesting combination, basil and coriander. Yeah, I love them together. I know it's not for everybody, but I absolutely love them. And coriander yeah, is just amazing. Delicious. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. There's probably there's probably more that I put in there, but that's that's pretty simple. Oh, sweet potato in there as well. So I oh, use yes, of course. <laughs> I use sweet potato to uh, thicken the sauce. Mm. So I'm making the the sauce there. I'm cooking off my spices um, that I mentioned uh, with the tomato puree, and then I'm putting in my chopped tomatoes, my coconut milk, and then I've already steamed the sweet potatoes, and then I put them in, and they just as you probably know, just kind of melt down yeah. into the sauce and it makes a really nice, like, thick, thick and comforting sauce. I'm thinking using celeriac the same way. I'm, I'm yep. going to try and make some sort of korma curry dish, but I'm, because of the whole FODMAP thing at the moment, and, and, and as you know, we chatted before, I currently can't really do any carbs. Yeah. Um, so I'm... Off sweet potatoes, it's breaking my heart and my yeah. taste buds are crying. So I'm thinking I'm gonna try and make this with steamed celeriac and yeah, make yeah. like creamy sauce with I love I, I love completely celeriac. fallen in love with celeriac. I yeah, it's, about it, it's so beautiful. Just... Yeah, and like a nice celeriac mash and stuff, you can make it so good and so versatile as well. Yeah, I know. So yeah, I can share that with you, but Oh sweet. Um like I, it's really annoying, but I, I really just you know probably listeners are gonna go. Of course she's gonna say that, but I love pretty much all vegetables. Yeah. So I love pretty much all food, um, apart from eggs. I don't eat eggs. So um, I go through stages. I have like stages. Like I have, um, I went through a period of time when courgettes were my absolute favorite. Like yeah. I, and I still do use them in everything, Me especially too. now when courgette. you go on low food map. Like courgette is one yeah. of those dishes that you can use all the time, yeah. every day, all day. So I use a lot of them. And then like I rediscovered celeriac. So for a good couple of months, I was, oh my God, celeriac is the best vegetable ever. Yeah. Like sweet potatoes are my all time favorite. That that probably won't change, but I can't eat them now. And then like cucumbers, like I could eat cucumbers 24 seven. Like yeah, that's one of cucumber. the veg that I just absolutely adore. It's just the freshness of it. It also depends where I am in the world because like everything tastes different depending on where you are. So when mm. I was um, away, for anyone that follows me on social media, well, I've seen posts when I was in Italy for a month in July. Gosh, like it's like vegetables there are vegetables, but ramped up about 10 notches in taste. You know, it just totally changes your whole view on 
on what vegetables taste like, you know, that I know we can get good stuff here, but Trina and Nutritious was saying the same about tomatoes. Oh my goodness. Like tomatoes in France it's like nothing you taste. It's like sweets. It's sweeties, that's what it is. Um I don't I don't really eat tomatoes here unless they're in unless I'm using it in a sauce. So I would rarely buy tomatoes otherwise because I find it really hard. I've actually got a really gorgeous little tub of organic tomatoes uh, two weeks ago from Camp Hill Organic in Hollywood and they were just delicious. They were like sweeties. But um, otherwise I do find it difficult to get really good tomatoes. I'm quite particular about my tomatoes. Well, I, I can only speak for Italy when I was there this year, but like, oh, the produce <laughs> was something else. Really amazing. And you know, everything's just huge and different shapes and sizes because it's just naturally organic and aubergines like this size it looks like pumpkins and oh, oh yeah <laughs> amazing <laughs> you love it well i'll be looking forward to the recipe then one pot and that's a good note there it's it's um it is a kind of this dish is quite a warming cozy dish mm. sounds like something you'd easily make in a slow cooker as well oh yeah totally so handy yeah, yeah, you can make it and you can serve it with whatever you want. Some people obviously use rice, some people maybe just, you can eat that on its own as well. You can just yeah. eat that simply on its own, I like love a stew. these things as well, because another thing is, if you're in a hurry or you kind of, you fancy soup, you can easily, it's just put some extra water in it or stock yeah. and blend it, blend make it, it. into a soup. I do it with stews and curries all the time. Yeah, yeah you can just make it <laughs> just, into I that. want to totally. a bit of soup. Let's just blend it and have some crackers and salad with it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I mean, and that's the thing. The recipe you may look at and go, this sounds really simple and really healthy and whatever, but it's really delicious. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's, it's nutrient-dense whole food. It's just going to feed you on every level. The beauty is in simplicity. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you very much, April. It's been a really great chat. Thank you so much. And I'm really looking forward to your website. Yes, me too. <laughs> Just hang in there. <laughs> Thanks very much. Have a good day. Thank you so much. We talked an awful lot about food in this episode and April did as promised and sent me her veggie curry recipe. So here it is. Four teaspoons of turmeric, four teaspoons of cumin, two teaspoons of cayenne pepper, three teaspoons of garam masala, four tablespoons of tomato puree, four tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, one bag of fresh basil, fresh coriander, three to four peppers of your choice, two to three courgettes, three to four sweet potatoes, good sized ones or just use more, one bag of spinach, one bag of sugar snap peas, a heap of celery chopped down, quinoa, brown rice or cauliflower rice, two to three tins of chickpeas, two to three tins of tomatoes chopped, one to two tins of coconut milk. This would probably do an army. <laughs> April, like myself, cooks in batches. I guess that this is for about, let me think, if you use three tins of chickpeas, chickpeas are 400 grams per tin, so that should be about 860. <laughs> yeah, this would be about, well, over 20 portions. <laughs> 
I think, wow, well, you would certainly fill a freezer with this and this is brilliant. I love this. So guys, I hope you have a really, really big pot at home. And if you don't, simply just half the quantities. Um, it's very simple. April also says that you can basically use any veg you like and she usually does make this in bulk. Well, <laughs> you sort of gather that. Um, so you need to play about with portion sizes. But as I said, you know, if you have a really big pot and a big freezer, you can just make it as is and fill up your freezer with really delicious curry. It comes in handy. The method. You cut the sweet potato into small chunks and steam these for 15 minutes. Chop your veg into pieces, as small or as big as you wish. And once the sweet potato is cooked, Put the tomato puree, vinegar, garlic, spices and salt into a pot with some olive oil. Do not let the spices burn at this point, just a few minutes to cook them off. Heat this mix for a minute or two until bubbling. At this stage, add the coconut milk, tomatoes, chopped veg, sweet potato, salt and pepper to the pot and allow it to heat until boiling. Leave the pot to cook for at least one hour or pop it all in a slow cooker. At this point, add the drained chickpeas, the bag of spinach and the bag of basil. The basil's optional, but April says it's lovely. It does sound lovely. Allow these to cook for another 15 minutes. Finally, chop the coriander or your garnish of choice. Serve the curry on a bed of quinoa, brown rice or collie rice with the garnish sprinkled on top. That sounds absolutely gorgeous. And April talks about garlic, but there is no garlic in the ingredients list. So yeah, remember the garlic. I'm not sure how much garlic, but I think that garlic is the kind of ingredient that is, you know, depending on your taste buds, it can be hit or miss. So I'd say put in as much garlic as you like. As we mentioned before, any ingredients you don't like, just take them out and leave them out or put something else in instead. If you have a slow cooker, just put everything in a slow cooker and cook for about 8 to 10 hours, I would say, at the lowest setting. And this is it for this episode. Next time around, we have Paula from Skinny Malinki's Raw Cold Press Juice Company joining me, talking about health and benefits of raw juicing, as well as the challenges of starting up and running your own small business in Ireland. Remember, all our shared recipes are available to download from our public Facebook group, The Sweet Spot on a Farm, and you can find it on Instagram too. If you liked this episode or any others, please do leave us feedback. It only takes a minute. And talking of feedback, if you do have The Sweet Spot cookbook, please do spend a minute or two and leave me feedback on Amazon. I'd really appreciate it. If you purchased your digital book from iBooks, please do leave a review. Thanks for joining us this time. Have a great couple of weeks. Go make some curry because you know you want to. And stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot, music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening.